broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Talk about making progress even while you rest up on the bye week. The Raiders didn't even play this week. They picked up uh, ground on the Chargers or moved uh, ahead of them by half a game. Now they have a full game's lead over the Chargers for first place in the AFC West. Tip of the cap uh, to the New England Patriots. I kept saying this last week. That was not a gimme win for the Chargers coming off their uh, demoralizing loss to the Baltimore Ravens as they went into the bye week. Uh, you, you knew, you had to know that Bill Belichick was going to have something up his sleeve to deal with Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. He certainly did. Uh, made life very difficult uh, for Justin Herbert. Long story short, uh, the Patriots go into Los Angeles. SoFi Stadium beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers to help the Raiders, who didn't even play uh, on on uh, Sunday. Um, not only that, they wake up on Monday morning, and not to say the Denver Broncos uh, were a legitimate threat to the Raiders uh, in the AFC West, but it sure does make life a little bit easier when the Raiders play the Broncos again the day after Christmas, December 26th. Derek Carr doesn't have to look across the line of scrimmage and see Vaughn Miller. He was traded today to the Los Angeles Rams, who are in win mode now, without a doubt. Can you imagine Vaughn Miller joining Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd? Uh, somebody said to me on Twitter, why would you include Leonard Floyd? He's got eight sacks and I think 32 quarterback hurries this year. He's playing well. He played well last year. He had, I think, 11 sacks last year for the Rams. Um, I, he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Von Miller. But this year, he's. Pl- I mean, and last year, he, Leonard Floyd has been putting it together uh, w- with the Rams. Now you have Leonard Floyd. You have, <laughs> I mean, I'm just marveling at this. Aaron Donald, uh, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, a bunch of playmakers now on, on defense. And of course, that offense, uh, the Rams, to me, are their best team in the NFC. And uh, I would not be shocked if they hosted the Super Bowl over at SoFi Stadium in February. But obviously, talking about the Raiders um, and their quest now to hold on to the lead in the AFC West. They lead uh, the Chargers by a game. They return to action on Sunday in New York, actually New Jersey, uh, about eight miles away from New York City at uh, the Metal or MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands to play the New York Giants, who, by the way, are playing tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, who knows? Uh, maybe the maybe the Giants can uh, can help out the Raiders tonight uh, with the win over the Chiefs, further bury them uh, in the AFC West standings, um, and give the Raiders a little bit of assistance there. But as we sit here today on November first, the first day of November, hope everybody had a great Halloween yesterday. By the way, the Raiders are in pretty good shape, and they can certainly help themselves within the next. Uh, not even 24 hours at this point. Trade deadline is tomorrow at 1 p.m. We already saw the Rams make a blockbuster move um, with their um, trade uh, to get Von Miller and uh, to Los Angeles. Could the Raiders 
also make a move. Um, I wrote about it today. Um, I wouldn't rule out certain uh, players uh, or certain positions. You know, I think that the Raiders can obviously use some help uh, along the offensive line. Uh, we'll talk about some potential names um, that they may be looking at. They can use some help along the defensive line. Yes, defensive ends, Max Crosby and Unique um, Ngakwe and Carl Nassib. That rotation has been really, really good for the Raiders this year. Uh, the interior has been good as well uh, with Quinton Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, uh, and that group. But, you know, you with the way, um, you know, I know the Raiders' run game isn't as bad as it appears on paper. Uh, but if you can bring somebody in uh, in that interior to possibly help, if you can bring somebody in at cornerback, don't know what the status is right now of Trayvon Mullen when he's expected back. Hopefully we're going to get an update on that on Wednesday uh, when the returner, Raiders return uh, to work over at the practice facility at Henderson, get a better idea of, of that. But um, when you're looking at things, and this is a Raiders team that is pretty well put together and... Not a whole lot of weaknesses, but I would say that offensive line um, could be an area of concern. I threw out the name Jason Kelsey, uh, the center from the Philadelphia Eagles. It would be a nominal um, investment uh, financially. Um, he's still playing at an extremely high level. I think he's rated uh, number two center by Pro Football Focus. Extremely good uh, in the run game. Very adequate in the pass game. I mean, I know the future is Andre James, or the plan was for Andre James to be the future. But if he could solidify uh, that center spot with somebody um, you know of that caliber uh, and not have to really give up a whole lot potentially to get him, um, the Philadelphia Eagles could be in seller mode right now. Where are they going? Especially after the Cowboys uh, upset the Minnesota Vikings last night with their backup quarterback. Uh, by the way. Um, they're taking a stranglehold on the on the NFC East, and there's so many good t teams um, the rest of the way in in the NFC that you know for the Eagles to challenge for a wild card spot that might be a little bit difficult when you start looking at all these teams uh, in the NFC that are capable of, of making a run and are just better teams than the Philadelphia Eagles. So maybe they're in a um, in a in a seller's mode. I mentioned Fle Fletcher Cox. Uh, I know that. Um, you know, he's, his contract, they restructured his deal, the Philadelphia Eagles did, make it a little bit difficult on them, really, not uh, the trading partner, but but for the Eagles to trade somebody like a Fletcher Cox, uh, because of the restructure that they did, uh, it puts them in a really difficult position in terms of future salary cap hits if they moved on from him, uh, Fletcher Cox, in a trade. But uh, doing some asking around uh, today, uh, the sense is, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles for the right price uh, might be willing uh, to part with uh, him and incur that penalty if the price is right. You look at what Denver Broncos did today. They ate, they ate $9 million of contract. Uh, the remaining 9.1, of the of the remaining, I think it was $9.1 million, I think it was, uh, whatever the case was for, for um, you know, for Von Miller, the Broncos said, we'll pay for that. We'll pay it. We'll take care of it. Just give us a second and a third round pick. That's the cost of buying a player and not having to uh, pay that player necessarily as the trading team. The Rams didn't have that kind of money under the salary cap, but they wanted the player bad enough that they overpaid him in um, – they overpaid for him in draft picks. And the Denver Broncos said, okay, so we're going to basically buy a second round and a third round pick in the 2022 draft, this year's draft, or next year's, I should say, coming up 
for $9 million. That's not a bad cost to pick up uh, two premium uh, draft picks so the Denver Broncos uh, can get a head start on their um, on their on their rebuild because uh, it looks like they're probably headed in that direction. They got to figure out their quarterback. They got a lot to figure out, and so okay, let's 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 buy a couple of draft picks for nine million dollars. We're going to pay Von Miller anyway, and he's probably going to leave at the end of the year, retire, whatever the case might be. Um, now at least they get two draft picks uh, for him uh, for pay for paying uh, the price of his contract. Could the Philadelphia Eagles be in a same position with the Fletcher Cox and say, look? Understand that there's going to be a big penalty here uh, uh, on, on the salary cap if you move on from from him, uh, but might be worth it if you can pick up uh, a couple of decent draft picks for for the trouble. So that's one way of doing uh, business. You know, getting back to the Rams, um, you know they they always seem to be in win ma- win now mode, and I've been hearing that now since 2017 or so, 2017 2018. I have to laugh at that because. You know, covering um, the Rams for as long as I did, I understood where they were coming from. It was ex- always explained to me, like, this is kind of the plan. This is what we're doing. Um, and whether you agreed with it or disagreed with it, it's worked. <laughs> They've up their perennial playoff team. Uh, they missed the playoffs two years ago by a game um, and had a, had they uh, held on to beat the San Francisco 49ers toward the end of that season, they would have been in the playoffs that year. Uh, they've won. They've gotten to a Super Bowl. They've won, you know, multiple playoff games. They're seven and one right now, looking like the best team uh, in in the NFC for sure. Maybe even the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't bet against them at this point. Um, and so I know that you know people have this romantic view of draft picks, and there's no doubt that draft picks are an asset, and they represent means and ways for you to help rebuild. And there are certain cases where you should stockpile them and build. There's other cases where you can use them to go get proven players. I mean, you look at what the Rams have gotten for trading first and second round draft picks over the years. Jalen Ramsey, would you rather have you know a first round pick or Jalen Ramsey? Would you rather have two first round picks or Jalen Ramsey? I'm taking Jalen Ramsey every day of the week, in, if you're asking me that question. Uh, they've been able to go get uh, now, um, you know, Von Miller, a premier uh, pass rusher, Matthew Stafford, who upgraded the most important position on the field for them at quarterback. Um, and so, but it, it, it leaves this impression that they're just handing away draft picks, which to some extent that they are. But here's the flip side that people seem to forget or don't get or don't understand. And this is something that, you know, I think even the Raiders can start modeling themselves after. And I feel like the Raiders are are kind of headed in this direction. Um, it takes a little while to get there, uh, but once you do, um, you can play this game successfully. And it's predicated on what draft picks you do have hit on them. You hit on draft picks, you hit on undrafted free agents, develop those players, uh, and then when it comes time to re-up Corey Littleton, uh, John Johnson, last year's uh, safety. There's there's others that we'll, we'll, you know that we could talk about as well. You sometimes have to make hard decisions on. Okay, we love the player, but re-signing him at this point um, is probably going to be a a drain on the salary cap. So what the Rams do is they say, okay, we'll let you go in free agency, collect a comp pick. Leave in free agency, collect a comp pick. I think they've got four comp picks coming to them in 2022. So the picks that they gave up uh, for Von Miller uh, this year, they're going to recoup at least a few of them because they're getting comp picks back for John Johnson. And I forget who else. I'd have to look back to see who else uh, left them as a free agent this year. There were a couple of players, multiple players. 
but that's what you're able to do when you're a strong scout draft development team. Corey Littleton a couple of years ago, the the Rams, I want to say, got a third-round pick uh, out of parting ways with with Corey Littleton. Not a bad um, trade right there. Uh, You're not draining yourself on the salary cap by re-signing Corey Littleton. Um, You've got players behind him that you've been developing that can take his place, plus you get a third-round pick uh, as compensation. Same with John Jefferson. We haven't the, the, we haven't heard anything bad about the Rams' safeties this year, right? Because they've got guys that are able to step up. They plan for the future that way, and it's not always in that first round. Um, Cooper Cup was a third round pick, you know. Uh, Tyler Higby was, uh, I want to say, a fourth round pick. There's so many guys on that roster that were beyond the first round. Sometimes beyond the second round. There's life after those first two rounds, uh, and if you're looking at things the way they are, knowing that you're going to win a lot of games each year, that first round pick then all of a sudden becomes like the 26th, 27th pick in the draft. Uh, They still have that clout as a first round pick, but if you're the Rams, okay. um, Not going to find Jalen Ramsey with the 26th pick at the draft, right? You're not going to find Von Miller um, necessarily uh, uh, with that, you know, uh, uh, draft pick, maybe not even in the second round or the third round uh, this year. If you can get a Von Miller or a Jalen Ramsey or a Matthew Stafford right now, then trading those picks makes a lot of sense, especially when you're in that window. But I have to laugh because that win now, the Raiders, I mean, the Rams are going for it. They're in desperation win now mode. That's been going on for four years now. They seem to have figured out that, just because you're in win now doesn't mean win now mode doesn't mean you also sell out your future somehow, some way. And it, again, it goes back to great drafting, great scouting, great development of players beyond just those first round picks. If you're able to do that on a consistent basis, and I give Les Snead and his group a lot of credit for that and the coaching staff as well for them developing those players, you're putting yourself, it's becomes, it becomes like a, um, you know, conveyor belt. One guy leaves, there's another player there that's able to fill uh, his bill. Just like uh, Corey Littleton filled in for Alec uh, Ogletree, who the Raiders, who the Rams traded away. It's kind of a model that it might seem unorthodox, but if you can get it rolling in that way, and again, to me, the Raiders would be um, wise to, to to try to get to a point where you could follow that. And I think they have their quarterback in place. I think Derek Carr is just as good as Matthew Stafford. So um, are you going to have to, you know, pay him, pay, pay Derek Carr and, you know, give him a new contract? Probably. Yes, I would think so. Uh, and then selectively build around him. Sometimes you use those first round picks uh, to go get proven players. And I think where the Raiders are right now, I'm not saying it's going to be this trade deadline, but, I would think that when you start talking about the offseason uh, and moving forward, where the Raiders are right now uh, as far as uh, being a competitive team, being a playoff caliber team, I wouldn't be shocked if they started saying, okay, this draft pick, whereas over the last few years you want to hold on to as many of those draft picks, now it might be, hmm, could you use this high draft pick? to go get a proven uh, commodity, to go get a really good player. Um, maybe a draft pick to go get uh, an Xavier Howard uh, from the Miami Dolphins. That's not a trade that I would 
uh, necessarily argue about. Uh, and I wrote about that, uh, but the potential of a trade like that might not take a first round pick. He's not playing as good as he has in the past, but you know, you, you take advantage of where a certain team might be. The Miami Dolphins, where are they going right now? Things seem to be a little bit in flux. Uh, they've, in spite of all the, you know, quote unquote, we support Tua's statements uh, as they should. Do you really think that would preclude them if it if the, an opportunity came up when Deshaun Watson's situation, if Deshaun Watson's situation gets cleared up, would it preclude them from making a run at Deshaun Watson? Probably not. <laughs> I, I mean, if 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 Deshaun Watson was clear of you know any wrongdoing and his situation was clarified and he was going to be able to play, of course you try to make a trade for him. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And if you're the Miami Dolphins, what do you need to go get Deshaun Watson? Well, if you're the Houston Texans and you're thinking about trading Deshaun Watson because he's asked you to and he's kind of put you in that position, the best you can hope for is to get get as many draft picks as possible. So uh, a guy like Xavier Howard, uh, the, the you know uh, cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, could be had for draft picks. And if you're the Raiders, don't know where Trayvon Mullen falls right now uh, on the uh, on the injury front. He's still on uh, injury reserve. We hope to get an update of him on on Wednesday. But when we talked to Rich Versace about him last Monday, it kind of sure sounded like you know it was still it might be a little while um, for Trayvon Mullen for Damon Arnett uh, and some others. So, and if you could go get somebody like that, um, you know, for the Miami Dolphins, huh? and pair him up with Casey Hayward, and maybe he could be the heir apparent to Casey Hayward uh, at some point, you know, not a not a uh, bad a bad option. But again, if you're the Raiders right now, do you feel like Xavier Woods, I'm talking about, I, I meant, uh, or excuse me, no, um, uh, Xavier Howard. Uh, if you're the Raiders right now, I think you've transitioned from, um, from rebuild to, I think you're pretty much there in your rebuild. I think the roster is 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 pretty good right where it is right now. Um in uh as far as like you know just being devoted to your first round pick, being devoted to your second round pick and then accumulating as many young players uh as you can. Uh there's there's a time for that, no doubt, but I think the Raiders have outgrown that. That's not to say just willingly willy-nilly give away your uh, premium draft picks, but if the, if a Jalen Ramsey becomes available now, um, a type of a player, uh, if guys like that become available and where you are, the Raiders, as a roster and where they are in their process, this is the time, I think, where the Raiders should be in win-now mode and try to sustain that, of course, as long as possible. But the way you do that, if you follow the Rams, a blueprint is being very strong in your draft and development, um, and that goes to your undrafted free agency uh, as well, uh, and be able to produce cheap, I hate to say it like that, but young, productive, cheap talent to surround your star, star players. Uh, and then as those players graduate, get the comp picks in return, not for all of them, but for some of them, uh, select few, uh, and then start the process all over again. But you're not really starting it all over again because uh, as you're graduating the Corey Littletons, as you're graduating uh, the John Johnsons, as you're graduating those type of players, um, Gerald, um, uh, uh, their, their tight end, Gerald Everett, who went to the Seattle Seahawks, as you're graduating these players that you've drafted and developed, 
you're also um, having guys behind them that have been you're, that you've been developing and producing uh, to replace them. So it's an ongoing process. But as long as you're drafting well and developing well, um, you're going to be in good shape. The Rams certainly are. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Kind of getting a little chilly uh, here in Las Vegas. Hope you guys had a great Halloween. Um, things seem to be getting back to normal. I just remember last year's Halloween and just thinking, man, so sad for the kids um, and some of us adults as well because uh, of COVID-19. Had to uh, downplay uh, um, Halloween last year, but it was definitely uh, up and running uh, here in Las Vegas uh, last night and yesterday. And this over this weekend, uh, and, and that's a good thing. Um Woke up to the news today that the Rams had traded for Von Miller. Man, talk about a mainstay in the AFC West. Von Miller has tormented NFL quarterbacks for a long time, and um, specifically here in the division. I don't think Derek Carr, um, by the way, ran into Derek Carr uh, this weekend randomly uh, at a uh, local restaurant, hotel restaurant. Um, It was funny. I was walking uh, in. I was there to meet some friends. I hear, Vinny. I look over there, and there's Derek uh, with his beautiful wife, Heather, uh, and they're, uh, I'm assuming it was his baby daughter, uh, uh, Brooklyn, and uh, they were just having breakfast and uh, sitting right near uh, us, so that was nice to see uh, to see Derek enjoying some off time uh, here in, in Las Vegas. It was a beautiful weekend, um, and so, uh, but Vaughn Miller getting taken out of the uh, AFC West, not seeing him in a Denver Broncos uniform is going to be a little bit weird, uh, without a doubt. But it certainly helps the Raiders. I mean, anytime you take a Von Miller off of a team, uh, and the Raiders are going to play the Denver Broncos again December 26th, the day after Christmas, uh, here at Allegiant Stadium, obviously that helps the Raiders a little bit. And lo and behold, they got some help from another unlikely source uh, this weekend, and that was the New England Patriots, who knocked off the L.A. Chargers uh, over at SoFi Stadium. Um, and, by the way, back-to-back... Not so good games uh, for Justin Herbert. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens got him two weeks ago, um, right before the Chargers went on their bye. And then yesterday, he struggled against the New England Patriots. Uh, it's just a reminder that as good as Justin Herbert is, as good as a lot of these young NFL quarterbacks are, it's still a process, especially early in your career. Uh, and you put as much tape as guys are uh, now, some of these younger quarterbacks are, uh, it's bound to happen that somebody... There's really good coaching in the NFL. There's really good players uh, in the NFL. And you start getting a little bit of name behind you, uh, like, uh, you know, a, a Justin Herbert. And trust me, nobody wants the young gunslinger uh, to make some reputation off of at their expense. So they're going to bring it. And they certainly did. The New England Patriots did yesterday uh, against Justin Herbert. I was l- driving around town listening to the game on, on the radio. And it just seemed like every time, um, you know, I just kept hearing him getting sacked. Uh, there was a pick six. Uh, there was some struggling. He was throwing wide. It was just a difficult day for Justin Herbert. A lot of problems on the offensive line as well, especially on the right side of the offensive line. I'm sure the Raiders took notice of that because the Patriots abused uh, the right side of the Chargers offensive line. Um, and that's kind of right up the Raiders alley. So we'll see what happens when they meet 
in the regular season finale. I uh, don't even want to look that far ahead, but that's the case. The Chargers uh, come to the SoFi Stadium uh, to end the regular season. And the way it's shaping up, it could be a really uh, important game. But Novon Miller, uh, that is nuts. Saw him just a few weeks ago uh, in Denver. Saw him during the spring uh, when he came out to Las Vegas to host his um, his Von Miller defensive end kind of summit that they have for some of the top young defensive ends. Uh, Max Crosby uh, was in attendance um, there. Uh, they, they did it here in Henderson. And it was really interesting because I remember, you know, talking to uh, Von Miller about, you know, why would you do this? Why would you? That's Max Crosby over there. He plays for a competing team. And he's like, yeah, I get it. You know, and some people are like, oh, you know, why would you do that? He's like, man, football has given me everything in my life. And um, it's okay to give back and it's okay to um, to push it forward. And so whatever I can impart on these young defensive ends, great. And don't think for a second that I'm not learning something from them as well. But geez, not to have Von Miller uh, in the AFC West is something that we're going to all have to kind of wrap our heads around. But I'm sure Derek Carr is none too happy uh, right now. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a good friend of mine. Um, and he does tremendous, tremendous work. He's a salary cap analyst for Pro Football Focus, also a contributor uh, to OverTheCap.com. Uh, uh, it's Brad Spielberger. Uh, you can follow him at PFF underscore Brad. And just so every full disclosure, when I have a question about contracts, and I uh, often do, because uh, this thing can get really complicated when you're trying to figure out how all this works, uh, I'm not too shy or proud to admit that I hit up Brad. <laughs> and I did that today, uh, as a matter of fact, about uh, a couple of players. And Brad is always truly, truly helpful. I really do uh, appreciate that. Brad, how you doing, my friend? Well, yeah, of course, and and uh, I'm doing well. It's a uh, not as busy a uh, trade deadline as maybe we hoped, but the Von Miller move obviously a blockbuster. So we got some fun things to break down. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's start with that. Um, you know, I covered the Rams for for a long time, and I understand uh, how less need rolls and how that uh, organization rolls. And I I know that they know that they have a window that's wide open uh, for the Super Bowl. And I I just think that there's a little bit of a misconception going on here. And you made a great point on Twitter earlier today. It just seems like the the, the Rams are just willy nilly giving away draft picks left and right, which to some extent they are. But when you start looking at the return that they're getting for those draft picks, uh, A, who would you rather have, those draft picks or Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford and now Vaughn Miller? And then B, um, the, the really good point that you made is they also do a tremendous job of drafting, developing, and then letting guys go in free agency and collecting comp picks that help kind of smooth out their draft. So I think you made a point where they have the most draft picks. They've made the most draft picks since 2017. Am I correct? So they're fifth most since 2017, which, of course, is still way up there. And I think it is really cool because it shows that smart front offices, every move is cohesive, right? And so I think when you're going to say, okay, look, we, we are the Los Angeles Rams. We have a really good roster. We have Aaron Donald, who's a generational player. Sean McVay, really good head coach. You, you know you're in a window, as you mentioned. And, and so you go ahead and say, all right, Jalen Ramsey is available. Matthew Stafford's available. Von Miller's available. You have to have a plan then to counteract that. And so what they've done is in the draft, they haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016, but they trade down a ton and they stockpile picks a ton. And so they're making a lot of picks. Yes, none of them in the first round, but multiple second-rounders a couple of years since then, you know, a lot of third and fourth, as you mentioned, the compensatory picks. And so that's how they're able to balance it out because they have 
a couple rookie contract guys starting. You know, Taylor Rapp at safety was after they traded down. Gerald Everett at tight end, who, of course, is now a Seattle Seahawks, but they traded down and got him. They traded down and then got John Johnson at safety, who, of course, again, is a Cleveland Brown, but he'll earn them a fourth-round compensatory pick in 2023. So it's all cohesive, and that's how they're able to be so aggressive. When the Rams came back to Los Angeles, I, I, I got a glimpse of that um, pretty early on. Uh, and it started with, the, the, it was like a Friday before a, a home game, and they abruptly cut their starting uh, safety. And everyone's like, why would you do that? Well, we got this guy, John Johnson, and he was a you know third-round pick uh, in that previous draft. We didn't really see him in training camp because he was hurt, uh, but they the, the Rams understood what they had in John Johnson, and he immediately stepped in uh, and became John Johnson. They trade Alec Ogletree um, away. He was their leading tackler uh, the, the year before. Oh, we've got this guy, Corey Littleton, who's ready now, an undrafted free agent from Washington, who's ready to develop. Both John Johnson and Corey Littleton end up walking as free agent, and the Rams collect compensatory picks for them and then also successfully fill their holes. So it's kind of a formula that they, that they got going over there. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's also, you mentioned, um, you know, the complex again, but, you know, Aaron Donald gives him this luxury of you let Dante Fowler walk and sign a big contract in Atlanta. They seamlessly replace him, and, and he obviously was never the same player as he was. So they have a good thing going there. They're smart in how they approach things. And, yes, they are super aggressive. They're going to have some challenges going forward, fitting all these contracts on the books and making everything work. But, frankly, I think these, this year and next year was the window they really saw as let's go all in. We already made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. We know we can go much further with Matthew Stafford. And look, to their credit, if you're going to do it, you might as well go all the way, right? There's no point in making half measures. So they've, they've really gone all the way in. I agree, and to the to to uh, to actually further that point, I know it, it might be a sore spot for you because I understand that you are, I think, a Chicago Bears fan. I think that's safe to say. Um, a guy like Leonard Floyd just sort of falls into their lap. You know, nobody was really thinking too much of him. He didn't really live up to expectations with the Bears. The Rams get him ten point five sacks last year. He's got eight already this year. A bunch of uh, quarterback uh, pressures, so he fits into that mold as well. And now all of a sudden, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Uh, Aaron Donald, how do you think that's all going to fit? Yeah, so that, that defensive line is really formidable. You know, Leonard Floyd as well is a really good run defender. Uh, and not that Von Miller and Aaron Donald are not, but it might even let them even more pin their ears back and really just key in on getting after the quarterback. And, and that depth is really important. So uh, I think they now have one of the better defensive lines in football. Uh, and that, you know, the NFC West is crazy where you have, you know, J.J. Watt joins the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, he's now hurt. Now we have Von Miller headed that, that, that vaunted um, division. But I, I think they are the clear, as of today, number one team in the NFC. I think we've seen kind of some holes poked in a lot of the really good NFC teams. Maybe not the Green Bay Packers. They obviously won a big game in Arizona, missing half their roster. So maybe there's a case to be made there, number one. But I, I think this does now push to the Rams to the top of that NFC list. We're talking to Brad Spielberger. Uh, you can follow him at PFF underscore Brad. Uh, he's a salary cap analyst for PFF or at uh, Pro Football Focus uh, at PFF and then a contributor for uh, OverTheCap.com. Uh, Brad, uh, before we get to the Raiders, and I know they're sitting in a pretty good uh, spot, especially after the New England Patriots uh, took care of the uh, L.A. Chargers for them uh, yesterday, uh, moving them a, a full game ahead of the Chargers in the AFC West standings. But before we get to that, uh, anything that you think might be percolating uh, around the NFL? I know the Deshaun Watson uh, situation is kind of 
everybody is waiting on that, but that might take a little bit of time uh, considering his, his situation. But is there anything else that you think could be percolating that we could be waking up uh, to some big news tomorrow or maybe going to sleep to some big news tonight? Yeah, you know, I think one to keep an eye on, and I'm not breaking news by any means here, but it sounds like Melvin Ingram with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the edge rusher, um, it, it's, it's a foregone conclusion he'll be on the move, it sounds like. And, and I think there will be a handful of suitors there. He has an 80-plus pass rush grade on the season. He's kind of fallen off in snaps because they had T.J. Watt and a second-round player in Alex Highsmith that they really like. So uh, it sounds like Kansas City already made an offer there, and Pittsburgh was hoping to move him to the NFC. So maybe we mentioned the Green Bay Packers. Maybe they make a move. Um, I, I do think he'll be on the move, and I think he will make a big impact. Beyond that, I, I think it's going to be tough to see a lot of big moves. Obviously, the salaries and all that presents challenges, but at the same time as we saw today with Von Miller, you can get creative with those contracts. Teams that want to offload players can, can help in any way they can. And I think one other name he's playing tonight, and I think it could be a bit of a showcase night, is Giants tight end Evan Engram. There were conversations around him at the deadline last year. There are several teams apparently interested in him this year. I think the Green Bay Packers again, but also the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans are names to watch. Um, in the Evan Engram sweepstakes, really athletic former first-round player. Been a bit disappointing in New York, but, you know, tight end is a scarce position. There's not a lot of talent there. He still is an intriguing athlete, and I think New York has to finally realize we should just get a draft pick, whatever we can get. You know, Zach Ertz got a fifth-round pick, even with a big contract, and him not being the same player he's been in years past. So if New York can maybe get a fourth-round pick, for Evan Ingram, I think they should do it. And I do think that there is a, a better chance he gets moved this year than last year. I agree. Uh, I agree. All right, as it relates to the Raiders, they're 5-2. and two. They're coming off their bye week. Uh, they go play the New York Giants uh, in New York, New Jersey um, on Sunday. Um, I think that, you know, they rebounded from the controversy after the John Gruden um, resignation and all the, all, you know, uh, the firestorm of that. They win two games. They get to the bye week at 5-2. and two. They're sitting in a pretty good position. But there are some um, concerns. I think their offensive line uh, you know, needs some help. I know it's played a little bit better these last couple of games, uh, but it seems to be uh, an area of concern. Are there any offensive linemen uh, out there that the Raiders could potentially at least kick the tires on? I threw out Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles, still playing at a really high level uh, at center. Uh, and then um, uh, also uh, Moses from uh, the New York Jets, uh, a right tackle that to me could provide uh, some help for them immediately at that position. Yeah, those are definitely names I think are interesting. Uh, one that really sticks out to me as well, I do believe New England Patriots center David Andrews did get dinged up this past week, but they have a backup center in Ted Karras, who was the starting center in Miami the year before. They both ended up signing in New England this offseason, which was kind of puzzling, um, but Karras is a really good player. He stepped in at guard earlier in the season for the Patriots and also, I believe, has now played some center. As I mentioned, I do think David Andrews did get dinged up. But if they think they can, they can rectify that in New England, I think Ted Karras could be a really nice addition um, for that Raiders interior offensive line with the ability to play guard and center. I think that could go a long way in Las Vegas. You know, if you're the Raiders and you are thinking about upgrading at center, obviously, uh, you know, you move on from Rodney Hudson. That was a salary cap uh, situation, uh, that move. Um, you, you, you put some eggs in, in the Andre James basket. It's it's not gone, you know, great. Let's 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 not sugarcoat it. Um, but, you know, if you if you wanted to bring in somebody that gives you a better option right now, how much do you weigh, would you say, uh, the immediate option? that or, or, or improvement that you can get 
against, hey, you know, Andre James is still the guy that we would like to build with and, and move forward with. Um, and you don't want to necessarily stunt that growth. Where do you, where do you fall on that balance, that, that scale? I think it's a really good question. I think what, what, what that would force you to do is consider what type of move you wanted to make. And so maybe you're thinking instead of bringing a guy that we want to start right away or a player that has the cachet that if we made a move for him, he, he would have to start right away. And instead bringing a guy that you do trust to start, but you tell him, hey, look, coming in, this is Andre James's job to lose. You know, we don't love where he's at, but we're going to give him, the, we're going to, you know, force him to lose the job. He hasn't lost it just yet. Um, you know, as opposed to bringing a guy that you immediately bench James and, and say, this is the future, let's move forward. Because it is important. I mean, like you said, you go ahead and extend him after trading away Rodney Hudson. You have to give him more than a half-season run to see if he can figure things out, right the ship. Obviously, you know, in his defense, Richie Incognito at left guard probably was supposed to be there and be a veteran mentor and presence, you know, understanding the offense and all that. Obviously, he's been dealing with injuries, hasn't played much. Um, you know, they've had some other issues along the offensive line, as, as you know. So I think you still, he's a center, there's a whole cerebral component and, and, and you know, chemistry with, with Derek Carr and all those things that go into it on top of just the physical, you know, what you need to do as a player. So give him some more time, but, but essentially don't make a move when you have to. Make a move before you have to so that when you do have to make a move, you're already prepared. Uh, going to the other side of the football, it, um, I'm still kind of – not befuddled, but like it, it's 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 almost um, weird for me to write that the Raiders have a good defense, but they have a good defense. You know, I've covered this team for three years now and never been able to say that up until this year, but they're pretty darn good. Uh, and I give, you know, Mike Mayock and his staff and the coaching staff a lot of credit for that. They've hit on a lot of uh, players that they brought in uh, this year and some draft picks over the last couple of years. That said, there could be some help that they're looking for uh, in the interior of the defensive line. Uh, they're not you know, great at stopping the run. They may, uh, you know, want to uh, look to see if they could find somebody either as a starter or a rotational player uh, on the interior. I threw out the name Fletcher Cox uh, I, from the Philadelphia Eagles. I understand that he's got a, uh, a weird kind of a contract situation uh, that might um, preclude the Eagles from trading him because of the uh, ramifications that it would cause on, on their salary cap uh, moving forward. Uh, but it's a name that I'm kind of hearing, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, s- some noise about um, as it relates to the Raiders. Uh, if you can maybe uh, explain what that contract situation is and how it might uh, affect a potential trade of Fletcher Cox. Yeah, so I do think interior defensive line is, is a spot to watch. It's kind of crazy. Every player that's gotten a snap for the Raiders on the interior is a pending free agent. So, so you. You don't have guys there that are the future, and, and you want to you know, try to find, bring players in and, and, and add to that group. So as for Fletcher Cox in Philadelphia, obviously a longtime Philadelphia Eagle, an important player in that franchise's history. Philadelphia, because of the cap space situation this offseason, had to restructure essentially every single contract. And what that means is you convert salary in 2021 into a bonus and you push it out into the future. And, and so what that does is provide cap relief up front, but pushes your obligations down the road. And so historically, when teams did that, it strongly disincentivized the trade, and they would not move that player because there was so much sunk cost associated with that player. But the Philadelphia Eagles in particular have kind of bucked that trend. And we obviously, Carson Wentz set the record for the most dead money in NFL history by a trade. The Eagles are on the hook for almost $34 million in cap space that is going to Carson Wentz. So he can play for the Indianapolis Colts. And so it's a pretty hefty number for Fletcher Cox as well. It, you know, it, it, it'd be this year and next year. We'd have substantial dead cap. 
But it sounds like Philadelphia would be open to making a move. I think they would probably want a compensation in line with what Von Miller, you know, earned the Broncos today. So a second and a third. I think they'd be looking for at least a second round pick at the start. I mean, Fletcher Cox is a long time, one of the best interior defenders in the NFL. Yes, he's also getting old and also maybe falling off a little bit, but so was Von Miller. So I think it's also realistic for Philly to look for that. But I think if they get that, they'd be willing to make a move. Last question for you, uh, and you you mentioned um, you know the possibility of bringing in somebody not just for this year, but you know when you look at a positional group and and where they are, you, like you said, a bunch of defensive linemen for the Raiders that are on one year deals. So you're going to have to think about replacing at least some of those guys um, at, at some point. I also look to uh, the cornerback position where Casey Hayward is on a one year deal. Trayvon Mullen. Uh, who's been steadily progressing uh, and is moving in the right direction. He's hurt right now. Don't know what the status of of, uh, his availability is going to be moving forward. Uh, But Xavier and Howard uh, for the Miami Dolphins, it just seems like if the Miami Dolphins were willing to move on from him, um, if I'm the Raiders, that's a a player that I'm definitely looking at. Uh, A, this year he comes in and is able to play alongside Casey Hayward and could end up being Casey Hayward's replacement after Casey Hayward, depending on what happens with him, if he moves on. Now you've got Xavier and Howard and uh, Trayvon Mullen on the other side moving forward, two relatively young cornerbacks. Uh, what might it take uh, to, to pry him from uh, a Miami, the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, so obviously I think that's a great connection. Um, you know, He's under contract for, the, for this season and three more seasons. Obviously not super happy with his situation in Miami. Tried to get an extension this offseason. They were unwilling to give him one. And smartly, now that we're discussing a trade, they didn't push any money into the future. So if they traded him, they would not have much cap penalty, and they would actually save a ton of money by not paying him the salary that, in theory, the, you know, the Raiders would go ahead and take on and pay for. That being said, I still think he would be asking for, I think they'd push for a first-round pick. I do not think they would get it, but I think they would ask for it. At the end of the day, I think a second-round pick would be the top pick in any package. Um, but he is still going to command that. And I think it's interesting. Um, you know, Gus Bradley obviously plays that cover-three system, whereas Xavier Howard plays a lot of man coverage in Miami. But I do think he's a versatile player. They've changed their defensive scheme a little bit, and he's played some different things and shown some different looks. And obviously just a very talented and, and gifted player. So I'm sure he could figure it out. But, yeah, I think you are paying for a, maybe a second and a fourth because you're getting a guy for this year and three more years on a very reasonable contract, even though in, you're probably going to have to extend him if you do bring him in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's worth exploring. He's a good player, and Miami has no reason whatsoever to not be answering the phone on, frankly, every player, but especially <laughs> a disgruntled, you know, highly paid player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can follow him at PFF underscore Brad. It's Brad Spielberger. Uh, he he works for Pro Football Focus and over uh, the cap. Uh, and I highly recommend both uh, if you're if you're uh, into contracts and and what it all means and uh, you know how it all plays. Uh, Brad is an excellent follow on Twitter and obviously uh, in the work that he does because uh, it can get complicated. Uh, but he's able to. Um, explain it in a way that even people like myself can understand and that's hard to do sometimes but he does a great job of it brad thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle truly appreciate it uh enjoy the games this week and uh enjoy the deadline tomorrow thank you you too you got it that's brad spielberger from pro football focus and over the cap Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. 
our thanks again to Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I think about where the Raiders are right now in their in their process, and this is a good football team. I don't think there's any question about it. They're playing all phases of uh, football at a fairly high clip, um, but they're not perfect. And you know, there, there's there's definitely some some improvements that they can make. Uh, a couple things on that, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Uh, a couple of things, you know, when I, I, I bring this up uh, quite a bit, but I think it's important, uh, just where my perspective was when I started covering the Raiders after, you know, covering the Rams for as long as I did, and seeing where the Ra- Rams were uh, at the time that I left them coming off a of Super Bowl season, and where the Raiders were when I picked up on them late in the 2019 season. I mean, and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, put the Raiders down or anything. I think I'm speaking the truth. I think every Raider fan here would agree with me. But the, but by the time I got to the Raiders in 2019, um, there were some positives offensively. Um, but, I mean, Josh Jacobs was was playing pretty well as a rookie. Colton Miller was starting to come in and into his own uh, at left tackle. Um, there was a good veteran offensive line uh, in, in place. Derek Carr, that was playing pretty well. But there were, outside of Darren Waller, Terrell Williams, never. I never saw him play, literally, in a Raider uniform. Uh, oh, no, no, I did. I did, uh, I think, one game, maybe. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro, obviously, was looking like a pretty good uh, looking rookie, but there wasn't anybody else, you know, weapon wise that you're like, okay, you know, this, this player is pretty good. Foster Moreau had gone out, had gone down with an injury. So there were some, some decent players offensively, but definitely a work in progress at that point still. Uh, and remember um, that was the year where the former Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver uh, blew everything up uh, when, when he got uh, to the Raiders uh, it happens. Uh, so be it. You know, that was his choice and he did what he had to do and whatever. Uh, but then defensively, defensively, Max Crosby was having a good solid rookie year. Uh, Clee Farrell, you know, was 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 in his rookie year. By the time I got on board, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Abram had already been lost. He had gotten lost in the first half of the first uh, game of the season. Um, so didn't get a chance to, to look at him at all. But other than that, well, Trayvon Mullen was starting to play well. You know, he 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 came in down the stretch in 2019, and I remember going, "Okay, this guy looks pretty decent." All right, you know, that's 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 a piece uh, moving forward. But man, outside of that, that 2019 defense was just bad. It was like bad, and it was right off the bat. You know, uh, the first game that I covered uh, was that Jet game in New York, and it was just like, "Holy cow!" There's so many holes uh, on defense, and so you know understanding how this sometimes work defense is obviously something that they got to address moving forward uh the 2020 draft obviously henry ruggs brian edwards they 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 doubled up at wide receiver understanding that outside of darren waller and uh, and hunter runfo there wasn't anything else of any you know note they needed speed they needed a big uh wide receiver a big physical wide receiver terrell williams was supposed to be that guy but injuries prevented that from from happening they didn't have a deep threat um so they needed to shore that up they did that in the 2020 draft um it didn't work out last year necessarily guys got hurt guys weren't necessarily ready but you already see what 
the impact those two young wide receivers are are, are now having. Um, so the offense started looking much better. And even last year, you started seeing some glimpses uh, offensively, for sure. The Raiders off, uh, offense averaged about 30 points a game last year. They, they played really well uh, offensively. But the defense was still got holes at cornerback, got holes, um, you know, uh, at linebacker still, uh, definitely at safety. Um, so it was a work in progress. But now you look at that roster after the, all the moves that they made, it's in a good place. And when we get back, I want to talk to you about it's no longer about rebuilding. It's about taking it to another level. And can you do that at the trade deadline? And even more so in bigger picture, can you use some of those draft picks future draft picks to start getting help veteran help that's going to help the Raiders right now whether it's at this trade deadline or next offseason you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday when we come back my good friend Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal will join us <laughs> 